Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 61 of Impact Boom. My name is Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Anna Gunther. Anna Gunther is the co-founder and chief bubble blower of PledgeMe, New Zealand's first crowdfunding platform. And since launching five years ago, over 1,200 creative, community, and entrepreneurial campaigns have raised over $20 million through PledgeMe. Anna has also worked for the New Zealand government, MIT, and Harvard, and completed her master's in entrepreneurship with a focus on crowdfunding. In a day job, she focuses on building the crowdfunding community in New Zealand and is constantly amazed by the passionate people she gets to play with. Half Kiwi, half American, she has travelled around the world for work, but always comes back to call New Zealand home. So in today's podcast, we'll discuss Anna's journey as she shares her experience in setting up PledgeMe. We'll get Anna's insights and tips on effective crowdfunding strategies, and we'll hear Anna's thoughts on which countries are leading the charge when it comes to social innovation and what we can all learn from them. Anna, thanks so much for joining us. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. So to kick things off, Anna, could you please share a little bit about your background and what led you to work in crowdfunding social enterprises through PledgeMe? Ooh, well, I started off my career in grants administration, randomly. It uh, wasn't anything that I learned anywhere. I studied English literature, but um, one of my roles at university was in grants and ended up getting a few different roles in grants administration and ended up working for the New Zealand government. Nice. And while I was there, I was helping them make assessments around um, companies and their export uh, development grant space. And I really loved the work, but also found it a little bit... Um, frustrating, you yeah. know, making this decision just purely based on the information provided and yeah. just got me really interested in different ways of funding and nice. yeah, and when I finished up at the government, I, well, I realized I'd had a peak of what I could do and decided to do a master's mm-hmm. and my master's uh, was an entrepreneurship master's and my thesis was crowdfunding. Perfect yeah. alignment. Yeah. So is that what led you into the project? Or? Yeah, so PledgeMe was actually my thesis. Okay. So um, PledgeMe came out of my thesis and uh, that Mainly because I was just so excited about what was happening overseas yeah. and wanted to see if we could do it in New Zealand. Mm. Um, and met a guy who was building a back end for PledgeMe and decided to work together. Launched it in the project space, did that for a few years. Yeah. And yeah, then we got licensed to do equity crowdfunding and crowdlending um, under the Financial Markets Authority in New Zealand. And I think the thing that excites me most about it, though, is like it's really democratizing capital. It's um, providing... Uh, companies that wouldn't traditionally get finance um, yeah. investment, mm. which includes social enterprises. You know, social enterprises have historically struggled so much yeah. um, raising money, and for a bunch of reasons. One of them is that you know they're not really looking to maximize profit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's not the same sorts of returns for investors. Um, so if you're trying to seek investment, you probably want it to be from people that love your product or love mm. your company, and that might not be more traditional investors. Yeah. And so. 
yeah, we've seen that equity crowdfunding has really enabled social enterprises to raise money, especially in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but really excited about what's happening here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're sitting here at the capital in Brisbane, yeah. where you've been brought over by the government, essentially, on a, a grant, correct? Yeah, so um, Queensland has a really progressive program called Hot Desk, and that's where they um, basically pay for entrepreneurs to move here for six months. And yeah, we were really lucky to be selected for the program. and really lucky that it also like aligned perfectly with the timing for the legislation changes over here. Mm. So um, Australia had changed legislation on the 29th of September to yep. allow equity crowdfunding. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about PledgeMe. Yeah. Like how does it work and what makes it distinct from other crowdfunding platforms? Yeah, so PledgeMe is a crowdfunding platform um, based in New Zealand, but now also based in Australia. Um, it offers three types of crowdfunding, which is different from a lot of the platforms. We offer project-based, which is like Kickstarter, yep. um, equity-based, where companies are issuing shares yep. to the to their crowd and then lending. So they're borrowing money off their crowd and paying it back at interest rates and repayment terms, they said. Um, we've been doing that in New Zealand um, and licensed in New Zealand to provide equity and lending. And now we're looking to be licensed in Australia. Um, so we've applied um, for a license. Yep. But we're different, yeah, partly because we offer the three different types of crowdfunding, mm. but also because we really value people's crowds. Yep. We think that that makes way more sense than trying to get money from people you don't know um, because if you get money from your crowd you're strengthening existing relationships mm. and they are way more invested in your success yeah um, so your crowd could be your family your friends your professional networks your customers and yeah we just our focus on that we think is quite different from anyone else yeah fantastic mm. so for all the budding social entrepreneurs or social innovators listening what advice would you give to them about launching their own crowdfunding campaign so I think anyone thinking about crowdfunding should think about three different parts of the campaign. One is you need to have a good crowd. Yep. Uh, and we don't decide if they're good. It's up to you to see if they're engaged with what you're doing. Yep. Um, the second C is you have to be good at communication. Mm. Um, so you have to be able to communicate to that crowd that you have what you're doing and why it'd be great if they got on board yep. and what they're getting in return. And the final C is if you're doing an equity campaign, you need to have a good company. And it doesn't mean you're doing good, but it means that you really understand how your company operates, what your revenue model is, what your growth plans are, um, or impact plans, yep. and how that money coming in is going to help you achieve that. Mm. And I think often we in social enterprise focus so much more on the first two, but not so much on the last one. And yep. it, you still need to be a sustainable business. Yep. You need to know that you can cover your costs revenue yeah absolutely mm -hmm. so what are the typical errors that people make then when they start a crowdfunding campaign so there's a few typical errors but one is just expecting there to be a crowd in the cloud mm. um, people seem to think that crowdfunding is this magical place where people money are waiting appears. yes they're just <laughs> waiting to throw money at me and I mean there are people that are watching but they're not going to get on board if you're not validated through your own crowd first yeah. so people need to be really clear that your crowd is the most important at least to start and yeah, so that's one of the typical errors. And then another another one is not really thinking about the communication, you know, making sure that people understand really quickly what it is you're doing and why you need the money. I think yep. people often think they need to write like a 70-page business plan. Mm. And they probably should have a, you know, pretty comprehensive business plan, yep. but your crowd's probably not going to read that. Yep. Yeah. So being able to communicate really quickly like what it is you're up to and why you need funding is important. So could you tell us about a couple of the successful <clears throat> projects that have been crowdfunded through PledgeMe? Yeah, totally. So one of our recent successes on the equity crowdfunding front was for a social enterprise called Atik. Mm -hmm. um, they're a solid hair care business. Um, so they make 
create shampoo in bars. Okay. And the whole point is, since it's in bar form, um, the packaging is fully compostable and they're reducing plastic waste. So Brianne, the founder, thinks it's dumb that you have a bottle filled with water and you go into a room filled with water. And she stopped over 200,000 bottles from going to landfill so far. Mm. And yeah, her, the reason she wants to do this, obviously, as many of you know, by 2050, there's going to be more plastic in the ocean than fish. Yeah. Um, but when she did her last round through us, she raised half a million dollars uh, in 90 minutes from the public. Mm. Um, so she did a she, she opened it up a little bit earlier to her existing shareholders, but once it went to the public, which was her customer base, um, it closed in 90 minutes. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and it just you know she just has this this crowd of customers that love her purpose and love what she's doing. And mm. It's just beautiful, and um, yeah, they just really got on board, and you know they got a 10% discount on her products, and they bought a piece of the company, yeah. which is doing some pretty amazing things. Yeah, fantastic. So having recently arrived to Brisbane then with the Hot Desk program, what have been your first impressions when trying to set up here and what could be improved in Brisbane, Queensland or Australia in the startup innovation Mm. ecosystem? So what I found is everyone is super friendly. Like I'm really loving Queensland for the fact that, you know, people are super supportive, super helpful, and they actually just want to sit down and have a conversation, which is great. Areas for improvement. I mean, one one thing that I think is an area for improvement and I'm doing something about is uh, setting up an unconference. So mm. I think that um, it's great. There's so many people doing amazing things and, and they're sort of collecting around certain sectors. But yeah. what I love is when there's spaces where people across sectors collaborate and see what they're doing and support each other. And yeah. So this unconference concept is the idea of going away for a weekend with people, 100 people that are just building a better future mm. and how can we do that together? Yeah, mm. fantastic. It'd be a great experience. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> And so from a social enterprise sector perspective, I mean, you've been in the sector now for a little while. How have you seen it change over the last few years and where do you see it heading? Yeah, so I think I'm so happy that social enterprise actually seems to be a thing that some people know about now. (laughs) I feel like, you know, five years, six years ago, like it was a concept that was completely under the radar. Yep. Except in places like Scotland, like, you know, like, or maybe even there it was under the radar. But, you know, like now I feel like people say social enterprise and at least 50% of the time people don't think it's social media that you're Mm. talking about. (laughs) Um, And yeah, like, especially in New Zealand, I think there's a growing awareness and a growing connected crowd of people that are doing it. Mm. Well, having recently hosted the Social Enterprise World Forum, that was obviously a really nice boost for New Zealand. Yeah, so exciting. And like just to see all these awesome people across the world and New Zealand just getting together and sharing their learnings. It was Mm. pretty special. Yeah. So you've mentioned Scotland as one of the leaders, perhaps. Mm. Uh, We've talked a little bit about New Zealand, Australia. Which countries do you think are really leading the charge when it comes to social innovation, social enterprise, and just business for good? Yeah. I mean, I think there are companies across the world that are doing really great things. Mm. You know, you look at Patagonia, you look at... Yeah, there's a bunch of companies in New Zealand. I think that Scotland is sort of seen as the granddaddy of social enterprise. Mm. Like, you know, they've been doing it in a really concerted way yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I think that every country can do it their own way, though. Like, I don't think we always need to just go by the definition set within a different cultural context. Yeah. But yeah, definitely Scotland is one one to watch if you want to just see how one country has done it. Mm. Um, I'm really intrigued by America at the moment, though, with all the um, B Corp stuff that's going yeah. on. And, yep. you know, like... Certainly a growing that? movement. Yeah, and I know that's here in Australia as well. There's a lot of B Corps. Are you a B Corp? No, not yet. Why not? 
Well, we'll be uh, we'll be looking at that option in the future. Okay. <laughs> I'm just really intrigued because, like, you know, we've applied um, yeah. and we haven't finished the process yet. Yeah, well, it seems like quite a large process. It's a huge process, and mm. it actually is slightly uncomfortable. Mm. You know, they really push you on some stuff, and some of it's good stuff, but sometimes I'm just like, come on, you know, we're working really hard here. Like, why are you making this even harder? Yeah, yeah. I get you have to make sure that people aren't social washing things. Mm. But at the same time, if it's so complicated to become part of the club, you know, is it, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to keep on doing my stuff and not yep. worry about a, about a label. Yeah, yeah, completely. Mm. So coming back to entrepreneurs, mm. what advice, I mean, we've spoken about crowdfunding, but going beyond crowdfunding, what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs who would like to use their business models to make positive social impact, mm. but at the same time, make sure that they've got this like sustainable Yeah model to, to actually roll that out and make that happen i guess one tip is don't be scared of money i think that as social entrepreneurs often we sort of inherently think that money is a bad thing mm. um and it's not it's a tool you know yeah. and it's it's a way to measure things and i think that we just need to be really clear that this measurement tool is helping fund the impact that we want to have and being really clear on your revenue model in order to make sure you can have the impact you want to have mm. and then the other thing is just being really clear on the impact that you want to have like yeah. what is it that you want to see happen in the world because your business exists and how are you measuring to make sure that's happening yep. and how are you also measuring that there's not any negative externalities from what you're doing as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So you've spoken about Atik mm. as a successful company. Who else is, exists in this New Zealand ecosystem at the moment who's really turning heads? Oh my gosh, we've got, we've got a lot of different um, social enterprises that I really rate. We've got a campaign running at the moment for a social enterprise called Kamarnik. Um, they are uh, providing job opportunities and education for people with disabilities. Yep. And they are doing it in a really beautiful, inclusive, and celebratory way. Mm. And so they're raising $50,000 at the moment for an education program that they're running. Nice. We have the likes of Eat My Lunch. They've run two campaigns for us in the past. Um, they're a buy one, give one model. Yep. So um, for every lunch bought through them, they gift a lunch to a child in need because... 32% of children in New Zealand live in poverty, which is insane. That's huge. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And people query the definition of poverty, but I'm like, if if we're having to query the definition of poverty, yeah. we're already doing something wrong. Yeah. But yeah, so they've been doing that for the past over two years now. Mm. And they raised money through us twice, once as a project campaign where they offered rewards yep. and once as a lending campaign where they offered loan notes. Mm. They raised over $800,000 in their wow. lunch bond round last time. And people do question, you know, their model, like, is it really fixing the systemic issue yeah and i guess my response to that is maybe it's not but at the same time feed the fucking children like <laughs> if they need to be fed like this is an immediate response to that yeah. while you know the levers of government are worked on to change the sort of reason that children are living in poverty yeah absolutely absolutely sorry i just swore on your podcast that's allowed that's allowed I'll just flag it as the end is iTunes. <laughs> Anna is a sweary pants. <laughs> so, Anna, there's been some great insights today. So, to finish off, could you please share a few really great books that you'd recommend to the listeners? Oh, I love recommending good books. Obviously, anything by Adam Grant. I'm not sure if you know him, but he is a professor of business yep. and he writes a lot about, like, I don't even think he calls it social enterprise, does he? Have you read? his books no i haven't yeah so he um he's written two books that i really love give and take yeah 
and the originals. Give and take is proving that givers come out ahead of takers in life mm-hmm. around a business context, but he also goes into other areas and proves it um, with stories and research, lots of academic research. And then his second book he wrote was called The Originals, and it's the idea that, like, how do you bring an original idea into the world, and, yep. and what, you know, yeah, what are some tips and tricks to do that, both, again, based on academic research, but stories. Mm-hmm. And um, in both of them, I've just come away with such a wealth of knowledge around how to think differently about things. And yep. So he's great. Adam Grant. I have a tendency uh, to not read business books. I, I read young adult dystopian fiction to make myself feel better about it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about one of the recent ones you read. Oh, wool is really good. Um, yeah. It's, it's a good way to turn off your brain yeah. in a way that's not like, yeah, super work-related. We recently spoke to Sandy Blackburn-Wright, and she mm-hmm. said the same about when it's your time to step away from work, Get away from the business mm-hmm. books, you know, yeah. rest your mind, recharge, and then come back and yeah. rather than just saturating yourself. So it's a common thread. Yeah. You can't saturate yourself all the time. But sometimes sometimes it's really good to read about business and mm-hmm. what other people are doing and how they're doing it. And yeah, the hard thing about hard things. Did you ever read that? No. Um, so it was... Um, uh, founder and investor just sharing um, some of his experiences and it, mm. it just really it goes through the struggle of being an entrepreneur really in detail nice. and it's yeah it just makes you feel a little better about um, everything the journey that you're the on journey. the roller coaster the journey no one knows what they're doing <laughs> you know like some people know a little bit more yeah. but still they get into situations where they don't know what they should mm. do and there's no right answer and yeah, it's a really, really good book as well. Yeah, cool. Hmm. Excellent. Well, it's been really, really great to talk to Diana. Thanks so much for sharing your insights and your time. Oh. And we'll look forward to touching you basically in the future. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.